Hello. <laughs> I didn't know if I want to go with hello or greetings. And so I came out with both. Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Vessel Church podcast. Vessel is a Book of Acts church in Baton Rouge, and our mission for this podcast is to equip people to carry the name, spirit, and cross of Christ in our pursuit of Him and His kingdom. Greetings, everybody. Uh, this is Pastor Taylor from Vessel Church, and I'm so excited to be, uh, one, we're back on the Vessel Church podcast, but this is Mental Health Awareness Month, month of May, and I cannot tell you how excited I am that I am joining uh, Pastor David and Julie Martinez because they have been pastoring a church in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. They started a Spanish work here 10 years ago, correct? Yes, sir. And then a year ago, launched an English work out of that Spanish work. That's correct. Which is just... Backwards. No, no, it's it's the dopest story ever. So, so uh, Pastor David uh, is also a licensed therapist, as and Julie uh, is a CEO of a nonprofit called the Hope Community Collective. And uh, if she wants to dive into what exactly Hope Community Collective does in a moment, she's more than welcome to. But I'm very thankful for these people because not only are they ministry-minded, but they are also very much mental health-minded. Um, I mean, literally so much that David does it for a living. And David is actually the guy that, after a couple conversations with me, he was like, hey, man, uh, I think you have some issues that you probably need to get <laughs> sorted out I don't know if I in said therapy. All that now. Don't be lying on me. <laughs> no, but in, in all seriousness, you, you did. You really helped me, like, make that jump and get into therapy um and i didn't i didn't realize like how beneficial it was going to be for my own mind um my marriage learning how to communicate better with my wife uh it's it's helped my my life in, in so many different ways and so i have you to thank for that like very much in the most like serious respectful way thank you thank you so much so this conversation we have both of you guys and we're just going to have a conversation about mental health as a whole. You both have amazing approaches and insight on mental health. And so I wanted to dig into that. Um, and then if y'all want to share anything kind of about your background and why it's important to you, please feel free to do so. But we'll just start with like a very open and general, like what does mental health awareness mean to you? Yeah, sure. So um, just going back off what you just said a moment ago, that oftentimes the first and scariest step to um, in the mental health journey is simply starting the conversation. Right. You know, to say, you know what, I think I, I think I need to see a therapist. <laughs> That's how it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I remember that my first time that I saw uh, John, who was my first therapist, um, I was I was afraid. I'm like, man, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? Here I am, a pastor. Um, and just figuring out, do I need to see a therapist? And the answer was yes, you know, <laughs> and the affirmative. And so the same way that Megan, uh, like, what did you say? She thanks God for me, for my baby, and for David. Julie, you know, <laughs> she'll say, David, have you seen, now is Dr. Anna, uh, a great, incredible psychologist. Have you seen Dr. Anna lately? No, well, you probably need to. <laughs> yeah. We had a funny conversation just a few days ago, and I said, hey, um, ha- have you talked to Dr. Anna lately? 
<laughs> no hinting around here. Yeah. Maybe we should give her a call. Give her a call, Dave. No, but, make... You know, I think a lot of people, even when they, you know, are okay with therapy and mental health awareness, a lot of people think it's not for them. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I have nothing against all that. I, that's wonderful. But it's just not for me. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong with mental health awareness. Being okay with it for other people and for yourself. Yeah. Not being afraid of it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, mental health awareness, uh, and I think both of us can speak to this, is just about being informed, mm-hmm. you know. Um, just about being informed of and being aware of, of, of self. Being aware that, hey, you know what, I may have some issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, you know, we're, we're not perfect. Yeah. You know, and, and so, um, so being informed that, Hey, you know what, number one, there's no stigma, you know, if there, if there is a gig, again, the first and scariest step is having the conversation. And man, I really thank God that, you know, you had, um, the, the, the strength and the ability and the wisdom to say, Hey, you know what, we really need to talk about this. And um, you coming up here to Hattiesburg so that we could have this conversation, yeah. you know, about, about being aware of, of, of mental health, of what's going on, the, the, um, the epidemic, you know, uh, that's going on. And as a matter of fact, I met with someone yesterday um, here in the clinic that, that what they said was, you know, our anxiety began at the height of COVID, when everything was shut down, man, people's anxiety shot through the roof. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we if we're t- going to talk about a pandemic and something that is detrimental, let's talk about mental health and how the last two years have just been absolutely um, terrible for for individuals. Suicide rates gone through the roof. Anxiety, depression medications have gone extremely skyrocketed. Um, and, and, and yet we're not talking about it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, uh, you know, it's, again, it's about being willing to admit that the extreme, the extreme complexity of, of what is, what is mental health? Yeah. I think it's so funny how we, we, we do kind of like what you said, Julie, like, so, oh, it's, it might be for you, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, cause you have your mind completely <laughs> figured out yeah. like this incredibly complex infrastructure that God created where there's so much happening all at once. Right. We think like, oh, like, yeah, sure. I know all my neural pathways. I know all of the, my, my, uh, experiences. Yeah. I got all of those locked down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Communication is, is so, such a contributor to mental health issues, too. You know, people not knowing how to communicate with their spouses, with their kids, with, them, you know, themselves. And it's to blame for a lot of, of that anxiety that's really just miscommunication. No uh, way. Between, between self and each other. Absolutely. I never even considered that. Mm-hmm. I never even thought about that. What, what brought you to that, like, that place of realizing that? Well, I just think that... Nine times out of 10, when we encounter marital issues or relational issues, not all of it, but so much, so much of it can be traced back to communication styles and uh, the ways that people communicate with one another. And so much comes of that. I mean, so, so very much comes from how we communicate with each other. And I really believe that a lot of mental health issues can be, um, 
can be helped and aided if people learned how to communicate better. So it's not even about people having a diagnosis or a mental health condition. It's just about the wellness and the you know willingness to invest in just communicating period wow. um, with each other. Yeah. And I think going back to that, Julie, is, you know, you said forms of communication. And I think that could be even taken back even further if we if we using, you know, the scope as, as an analogy, if we if we bring that picture out even further, we, we, we start to we have to then discuss, you know, how did our parents communicate mm -hmm. and how did our parents communicate to us? How do they communicate to each other? Yeah. Um, and then again, bringing that scope out even further, right? You think about, you know, extended family. You think about cultural differences. You think about, you know, um, you know, for ex for example, growing up in a Hispanic home in the Hispanic Mexican American culture, um, you just in I mean, I'm going back to what uh, several weeks ago when we were out in California, um, we just don't talk about things like that. You know, um, you just, you tend to hide um, and sweep everything under the rug. And that goes back to, to communication. Like wow. we're, we're afraid to communicate and show that weakness of that. Yeah, we, we, we need help. Mm. We need help. Communication styles are a learned behavior. Like, like he said, just, how how did your parents speak to each other how did they speak to you how yeah. did you see their parents speak to the it's just learned we've just learned this yeah um and you know just being aware of hey i could do better maybe or i didn't really even know that that was hurting this relationship yeah. that, that i wasn't listening well or communicating yeah. well and so awareness um mental health awareness is very it can be very complex um, and it can be very simple at the same time. It just depends on how you look at it. Overwhelming or helpful. Either way, um, it's just how willing are you to get involved and, and be okay with not being okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's that's the key, right? What you just said. Being okay with not being okay. And that's all right. Like, no one is asking you, Taylor, to be perfect. Yeah. The perfect husband, the perfect pastor, um, perfect dad. You know, I'm not asking that of Julie. Hey, you know, you got to be this perfect wife mm. um, or, or even expect that from myself. Man, you've got to be this perfect person, this perfect therapist, pastor, dad, husband, so on and so forth. Just recognize that, hey, you know what? I've got some issues, too. And, yeah. and, and it's okay. It's okay to admit that, you know. Mm. And so if you, if you use that in the, in the biblical sense and bring in some scripture into it, you know, Paul wrote that. That God's um, uh, his His strength is made perfect in our weakness, right? And sometimes that weakness is that I'm dealing with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that weakness is, hey, you know what? I, I'm 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 struggling with depression. I, hey, you know, sometimes that weakness is is communications that we're still dealing with with our parents and and siblings and so on and so forth. But again, we 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 tend to think about that scripture only through a spiritual you know, yeah. uh, point of view. Wow. And, and again, we, we're, we're afraid to to bring that scope out and, and say, hey, you know what? No, like, I'm, I got some issues that I need to work through. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all right. Yeah. You know. So the, the next question actually kind of like ties into what has been kind of danced around. Um, and that is that sometimes it does feel like mental health is made to feel almost like taboo at some points. You've got people that I feel like 
they're the hardcore, like they're for it. Like Megan and I, we've, we're thankful that we've got people at Vessel that, you know, they're very much for, but then you've got some people, I don't want to name names that I know personally, <laughs> that man, like, if it's not right, we don't talk about yeah. it. Like, What's their name so I could pray for you? <laughs> <laughs> but like, and, and yeah, even honestly, like even in some of my upbringing, um, just going back to what you were saying, like some of my extended family was very much like, no, like things are fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are okay, even though they really, really aren't. So what are ways that, that we can make this topic feel a little less taboo, yeah. especially within the scope mm. and context of the church. The church. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think that many of us have been taught to either um, minimize or silence our pain, right? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you've heard this growing up. You just have to pray through it. Yeah, a time or two. <laughs> you know, we've been taught to push through it. We've been taught to uh, to toughen up, you know. And again, one of the things that the church has taught us do I believe that that answer? I mean, that that prayer um, is the answer for everything. I think that we should pray at all times, as the Bible instructs us to. Right? right? We should pray at all times, um, but we've been taught that hey, you know what? All you can do is is pray it through. Well, you know, it's interesting that when people come to to prayer for um, cancer or sicknesses that have been identified in their bodies, we pray for them and they go and get chemotherapy. Mm. We pray for them and they go and and receive those medications that they need um, for healing. So when it comes to mental health issues, we pray and we get help. And I think that uh, if if we could encourage pastors and leaders to just, um, I'm not saying to go out and get a degree or go out and, and get you know, licensed as a therapist, but if we could get pastors and leaders on board with being trauma informed Mm. and you can do that through certifications, you can watch YouTube videos. I mean, you know, just being willing to get trauma informed about some of the wild and crazy situations that people have been through or are currently walking through, I think it would create a higher level of sensitivity to being aware that this may be a crisis that needs prayer and treatment yeah um, and so pastors and leaders being trauma informed i think would help us to all realize that there are such complex issues oh, that the church is facing that yeah. um, we really invalidate people's struggles when we yeah. don't help them um and pray with them right and so i i just really feel like we could all do better um and And i think and i think too is not being afraid of it yeah Hmm. again like what julie just said like and i and i was gonna she took the words out of my mouth thanks jules um (laughs) and that you know we we when it comes to um some type of of sickness that we can identify hey you go see a specialist we're gonna be praying for you but go make sure you see a specialist um and so not being afraid to say, yeah, I may have some suicidal ideations. You probably, I'm going to pray for you that God can help you, but you probably need to go see a psychologist. There may be some chemical imbalance. Hey, you know what? You probably need to get on some antidepressants and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Again, like going back to what was said earlier, it's okay to admit that we're not okay, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and so pastors and leaders, not only being trauma informed, but also, uh, not to be afraid of of you know saying as a pastor, hey, you know, I, I'm not I'm not really 
qualified for that, but let me seek help to help you. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a church that, that, uh, that Julie and I are working with that the the leadership said, Hey, you know what? Um, we're not, we're not equipped to, um, to handle certain situations. Can we refer them to you, Mm. you know, rather than refer them to, uh, a clinician there in, in, in their city because they, they trust us as, um, as, as believers of like faith. And they know that we're not going to give some, some, you know, advice that's contrary. If there is spiritual advice that is contrary to what our core doctrine and belief system is. Right. Um, and so, man, whenever, whenever the leadership staff, um, said that, while what that does for me and what this, what the leadership staff and the pastor in my eyes, I'm like, they are elevated because they're recognizing two things. Number one, we don't have the skill set, you know, to to uh, handle certain situations. And two, um, we want to make sure that our church body is healthy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If churches and pastors also would would not be afraid of just building a relationship with a local therapist a faith-based Christian therapist or, or, you know, um, providers that are local to that church and create yeah. a relationship there, build yeah. trust. Um, then they can refer their, their congregants to see that therapist, right. you know, then you have your church member who trusts you and trusts your referral and plugs them in. You know, it's just building relationships with therapists that you trust, that you can refer people to, um, and, and give them access give them access to, to people that can help them in a different way. Um, I think that building a relationship with a local clinic or a local therapist would be a real easy way for a church to embrace uh, the mental health crisis. And um, it will also just encourage people to take the stigma off, you know, um, that exists around it. And the chances are there there is probably a great faith-based Christian therapist nearby wherever somebody right. might be listening right oh, now course. and with telehealth on the rise i mean david sees a lot of clients through telehealth that yeah. just they you know they trust him and they get a referral to him and and, and he's never met them in person right. so and that's an option too we just we just did a podcast with um bray and mark bray recently uh got into uh licensed therapy that she's doing that right now and um that was like the first time that i'd ever really heard a lot about like trauma um that was kind of like one of the podcasts i listened to i'm like oh yeah so there that's why i do these things is because it's how i'm coping with things that have happened to me and all that so i know like like there's there's got to be all kinds of people out there like me that maybe aren't really familiar with it. So are there like links that you could give me that I'll just drop like in the show notes, like kind of what you were talking about, like the trauma, like teaching and stuff like that yeah, you, you mentioned. Sure. Okay, yeah. perfect. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop those in the notes so that if anybody's watching or listening, they can go some and resources. Yeah. And have some resources to, to learn more because it, it is, it, I, I think too, it's Megan and I with, with vessel, like we're, we encounter situations all the time where it's like heavy stuff mm-hmm. right that we're so like it's foreign like like thank god we were blessed enough 
to not have to go through some of these things, but at the same time, I do feel almost helpless. Mm-hmm. Right. We're trying to figure out how to help some people navigate situations that they're going through in their life, especially in regards to like just that mental aspect right. of getting through it, like yeah. heavy stuff. Yeah. And so things like that have, have helped me so much. And the thing is, is that, you know, we recently in, in our local congregation, a family reached out to us and um, they said, hey, you know, Pastor Julie, you know, can you and Pastor Dave, you know, they, they shared, a, 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 I guess you can say an anxiety um, response to some trauma mm-hmm. in their family. And, um, you know, I immediately knew what it was. I knew really immediately knew what the medical condition was, what they were suffering. Um, and I told Julie, I said, Hey, look at, look at my, look at my schedule, look at my calendar and I'll get this person in as soon as possible. And so I did that. Um, and when, when they came into the office, um, again, recognizing, and I asked them this question, I said, I said, we could approach this from one to two ways. We could approach it through a psychological, uh, medical, and and get you know work through coping mechanisms for anxiety. We can work through uh, get you referrals for medication, this, that, and the other. I said, or we could approach it. I said, I didn't say or. I said, and we could approach it through a spiritual aspect as well, um, and begin to recognize some things from both that are psychological and spiritual. And and what was really neat about that situation was that I was able to recognize that there was a spiritual element behind um, this this person's anxiety. And so we approach it from a spiritual aspect first. And then I was like, okay, and now what we're going to do in our next session is give you some coping skills yeah. for your anxiety because this is not going to go away mm-hmm. in, in just in, you know a snap of a finger. But we're going to have to work through this because there's some trauma here. Yeah. You know? Like, what's the differentiation between, you know, like a, a, an actual mental health issue that maybe is, has, has been, you know, continuous mm-hmm. um, versus like a spiritual attack? Because I feel like for the most part, they're treated like spiritual attacks. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to that whole, well, you just continue to pray and one day it'll just be lifted because right. this is an attack of the enemy. And dude, I, I believe that that it absolutely i've i feel like i've been spiritually attacked many times across the span of my life where it did feel like it was like this very much especially onset of covid Mm. and all that we moved down to baton rouge like i go through like the worst three months of what i was indeed like depression like on a real level but i i do feel like the enemy was able to make his way into my mind through some of that Mm. and so it is like it does feel difficult sometimes trying to differentiate like mental health issue spiritual attack but making sure that we're treating both like with delicately and and, and with a balanced mindset so how can we how can we do that let let me let me see if i can approach it this way so we we, we look at elijah right elijah what was depressed yeah. Um, and Chris Hodges wrote a great book called Out of the Cave. Um, and he and Chris Hodges, pastor of, of Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, wrote about his experience with with depression. Um, and if you're, if, you're, if you're listening and watching this podcast and you are suffering from depression, I would highly recommend that you get this book, um, Out of the Cave by, by Chris Hodges. Um, because there is a, a spiritual element mm-hmm. to a, 
a psychological issue going on. But again, it's a fine line. Um, and, and so you have to, um, as a spirit-filled believer, um, use discernment, you know, um, kind of going back to this, to this example that I was giving you, um, just a moment ago, these people from, from Vita, you know, I immediately recognized it for what it was. Hey, this is the medical condition. This is, this is, um, again, we could approach it from, uh, this aspect, which it would treat it, you know, but as I begin to hear the story, the Holy Spirit within me began to recognize, okay, there is a very much a real mm. spiritual link from, from what's going on from, uh, family history mm-hmm. to what the current situation is, right? Does that happen all the time? No, it doesn't. You know, I mean, I, I see, I mean, Julie would know better than I would how many people I see um, uh, on, on, on a monthly basis. But I see, I see quite a bit of people, you know, that it's, it's not a spiritual. Yeah. It, it's strictly trauma. It's strictly um uh, biological even you know um and i I, I would agree with how fine the line is um i think that if you just read the bible and and you're aware of what you're what you're reading there are mental health issues i everywhere all over the place we have funny conversations where we try i'm like you know i think this guy was a narcissist you know you know we we just we read the bible and we recognize so so many mental health issues we just read through judges Uh, and and she she (laughs) we're talking about samson oh my god like this guy this dude was walking entitlement dude yeah samson we're we're in judges right now and like we're we're about to bounce out of it because it's like (laughs) legit the most depressing Terrible, like, yeah. bro, it is, and it's heavy stuff. Yeah, that yeah. You do. You wonder, like, oh, okay. Anyways, well, you, you just see it everywhere. You I do. Mean, mental health issues are there, and you, of course, the spiritual stuff is is everywhere as well. And people get kind of possessed by both of it. There, there are spiritual possessions that we see, um, and then you see things that are strictly behavioral. And I think that where the fine line comes in is, is like he said, discernment. And there are people, you know, mental health is kind of a trending thing right now. And I think that's wonderful. Right. Um, However, it does also give people the opportunity to blame their behavior on a mental health issue when Mm. it's just good old sin. Yeah. That has caused them to to, to get into certain behaviors. Wow. Go ahead and preach. (laughs) It is good old fashioned sin. Good Lord. I just can't, you know, I'm just dealing with this. And I'm like, no. Or, or here's what we've, what we've seen that, you know, the Enneagram, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm just a. I'm just. It's just my personality type. I'm that's just, just a two. Way. I'm just. That's just eight. my. That's my eight showing. No, you're. That's just, my three. No, you're, you're crazy. You're acting like a <laughs> mean person, and you know. You know. So it's funny how so- sometimes when trending things happen, we get to blame it on those things because we're all so extra aware. Um, yeah. But being aware of behaviors spiritual versus um versus mental health it is it, it can be difficult and that's where that trauma informed uh perspective helps you know for a pastor or leader to be able to identify oh, i don't think this is a spiritual attack or this is way heavier and it, it does feel like a spiritual attack the thing is is that you know healing's not linear and so when spiritual attacks take place there can be that instant freedom from that that person can be instantly liberated or set free um through prayer and when you look at it from the mental health side 
that healing can take a whole lot longer. Yeah. You know, if you're able to kind of stick out the journey. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so sometimes when you just kind of step back and look at a situation, how long have we been dealing with this? Where has there been any progress? Um, you can kind of start to see the difference between mental health and spirituality um, on that attack. On that attack. Yeah. Position. I mean, I, I have one, one client that I've been seeing. Um, at least three years at least and and it's just we know that at a certain time on a certain day is i'm going to see this individual and it's an ongoing it's an ongoing conversation it's an ongoing healing process yeah but then i had someone else come see me who you know five sessions ago like came in with with one issue and i told him hey do xyz and you'll be good to go. I said, but come back next week, and I really want to dig dig into some of your past behaviors and um, uh, upbringing, this, that, and the other. And we stayed there in his past for about three or f- about three sessions, um, and figured out the why why he was behaving and doing the things that he did, um, linked to his father, and he never, you know, put the two things together as to why his current behavior right now with his uh, with his partner was you know, almost at the brink of, of separation. And um, and so once we were able to identify all this other stuff, we're five sessions in and, and he feels like, hey, I'm at a pretty good place. I, as a therapist, I'm like, man, you're at a pretty good place. Like, wow. And we're again, five sessions versus three years. Right, right. Dude, sin is, sin is spiritual illness, mm-hmm. right? And that's why Paul... You know, we, we, I think going back to what you mentioned, sometimes we take scripture, we only look at it through the scope of sin and the spirit, but there is so much more like, that's why Paul said, I die daily. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I reach for the th- things that are in front of me, pressing, like forgetting those things that are behind me. Like it, dude, could you imagine being Paul and like the weight yeah. that he had to live with leading in the way that he did knowing the things that he had done to the church that he yeah. is now right, leading right. and i really do if if we're going to tell people to you know continually die daily to forget those things every single day press for what's in front of you not what's behind you if we're going to yeah. do that all the time in regards to sin mm-hmm. then why not also for mental health Absolutely. why not also for for versus the spiritual illness yes but also mental illness on yeah. any kind of level where it is like sometimes it absolutely it's it's a deliverance thing you know like For there sure. but also there are thorns yeah that you'll pray try and get rid of through prayer yeah but they're not going to get ri- right. be rid of through prayer. You're going to have to figure out what's the best parameters yeah. well, and, and things that I can set. It's like when you pray for a marriage that is working towards reconciliation or, you know, praying for someone dealing with an impossible situation, we can pray and they can do their part. But also if there's not a mutual effort, right. those prayers are really only going to affect the one praying them, you yeah. know, uh, at that moment, you know, when you're trying to figure out where to move forward, if there are not two parties willing to work towards healing, um, you can get stuck there. And so Mm -hmm. then you feel like, well, did we fail? You know, what, where do, what do we do when, when really we want to believe that, um, that prayer will fix everything. And we still stand by that. 
when you're looking at two parties working together in relationship or issues like that, there definitely has to be that mutual willingness uh, to work together towards a resolution. And however long that takes, being willing to, willing to stick out that journey, like he said, three years or five sessions or yeah. um, you know, whatever that looks like. And it kind of goes back to what, what James wrote in, in, in terms of finding healing. Well, he said two things that are very important, I think. Number one, he said, draw, draw close to God and God will draw close to you. Which to me sounds like if we're talking because we're talking about healing and mental illness and things like that, like I had to be willing to, to make to, to take that step forward. I'm not just going to rely on God. Okay, God, you need to heal me of my depression. You need to heal me of of my of my behaviors. You need to heal me of X, Y, Z. If you're not if you're not moving forward, God's not going to move forward. To yeah. You. Like we have to be willing to accept that again that we're not okay and we need some help. Uh, but then the second thing that James said that is super important as well is he said, confess your faults, confess your sins one to another so that you can find healing. And so I, I look at confession on, on two levels. One is that we confess our sins to God to find forgiveness, but then we confess our sins one to another to find healing. Mm. Right. And we think that, hey, you know what? Let me let me confess. Let me just tell God you know, what I'm going through and he can heal me. Can healing come? Yes, because God can do whatever he wants to do. Mm. And, I, and I've seen God do that. And I've also seen, there's no but, and I've also seen, though, where healing has come wow. whenever I approach you as an accountability partner, as a therapist, I approach you as a, right. as my, you know, as a friend and say, hey, man, you know what? I'm struggling with porn. Like, I, I need God to help me with this. Yeah. And I'm telling you because, like, I want to be accountable to you. Right. Or, hey, you know what? I'm approaching you, and I'm confessing that, man, I'm just struggling with, with depression, and I need God to help me, and I'm telling you because I need healing. Or, yeah. you know, so I mean, there's so many different things yeah. that come up. and But a lot of times, we just we want to um, close ourselves off um, because, again, we're, not, we're just supposed to pray it through. Yeah. And, and, and that goes against to what goes against what the Bible says. We're confessing your faults confessing your sins one to another a hundred percent man this is this has been awesome and i just for anybody listening we'll, we'll end it off on this for anybody that might feel like maybe they're ashamed of some sort on some sort of level of like things that they go through mentally they they probably like subconsciously recognize yeah probably like this would help me but something in them maybe it is like you know, their family structure or some sort of like guilt associated because they think that, oh, well, this means that there's something wrong with me that if I tell my family or my friends, like they'll, they'll think whatever. Right. If they're, if that person is listening, like what, what would you tell them to encourage them and what would be those next steps that they need to take? Um, I'll just refer back to what I said at the very beginning of this conversation and that is that a lot of times the first and the scariest step is simply is simply starting the conversation. So yeah. I think a very practical step would be, you know, if you're listening, um, um, I don't know if there's a link or a number that, you know, your church members can reach you or whoever's watching um, can shoot an email and say, hey, can we get Dave and Julie's contact information? I yeah. mean, again, it's just... It's that simple. Yeah, it is that simple, um, and there really, there really isn't isn't too much to be afraid of. Um, again, the scariest thing I think for a lot of people is admitting, mm -hmm. "Man, 
I think that's me. Yeah. But there's still a gap from the admission to the action. Mm -hmm. So there's still a gap there that, that needs to be moved in on because you can admit it and then you have to find, find and figure out who can help me and, and then, you know, make that call and make the first step. So being brave enough, um, to, to admit and then act. And really the question that just begs to be answered is, do I just want to be ashamed or am I done living like this? Yeah. You know, I think you have to be ready to just be done living through anxiety and, and mental health issues that you feel kind of lost in. Um, and when I think about people who have overcome that fear, I just think about how many people they have helped. Wow. Uh, how many people are behind them saying, well, if they did it, yeah. you know, I can do it too. And yeah. so, um, not that we do everything for other people, but we, we really ultimately, our mental health is about us. Um, but you do have an opportunity to lead the way for a lot of people behind right. you that are also scared. Right. And um, so you can you can stay anxious, or you can say, "I'm done. I'm done with this, and I'm ready, ready to be free." Yeah, yeah. I just want to remind someone that mental health, the, the mental health journey, is not about what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. It's about what's right with you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, the Bible says that we're created in the image of God. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so I, I want to remind you that your mental health matters, yeah, man. Absolutely. You know, because you matter to God. Yeah. You know, and um, I love what, what, what uh, Maya Angelou says. She said that do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sister Maya. All right, that's a wrap. That's, yeah, Sister Maya just brought it home. Dude, yeah. and, so good. And so the thing is, you know, maybe as, you know, people, as people are watching this podcast or listening to it, they're recognizing that, you know what, I could do better. Yeah. You know, up to this point, I've just kind of survived. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm going to, I'm going to turn a corner and I'm going to go from surviving to thriving. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and, and that can happen. And again, it may, it may not happen overnight, but it could be a journey for you to get to that point where you're just like, man, I am, I am a lot healthier yeah. than where I started, you know, a year ago wow. or two years ago. And you know, he said surviving to thriving. That's, that's what we say a lot in the nonprofit world. And I would even encourage anyone listening, um, if, you, if you're in crisis and your mental health is being affected by crisis, there are probably a lot of nonprofit resources around you mm-hmm. whose whole mission is to help pick you up out of crisis. And, you know, it's okay to reach out for help. That's what they're there for. And um, we, we do that here at Hope Community Collective. We, we consider ourselves an organization that provides wraparound services for kind of lifting people up out of crisis. And so um, it's likely that there are organizations around you that, that can help you uh, face down some of those things that may be uh, you know, a contributing factor and, and why you're anxious. And, and so uh, just, just look around. There's, there's a lot of really great people doing a lot of really great work um, in communities Man. all around us. Dude, this has been so awesome. So encouraging. Thank you guys so much. Um, and and I, I think the big the big takeaways are one for those listening, just take that step. Yes. Find find somebody. And I, I will say that that journey of finding somebody is it, it's not an overnight thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I think 
Is it okay to say that like it's all right to go and see somebody once and then not see them ever again because it wasn't a fit? Yeah, of yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, find all right. someone that that's gonna that's gonna gel with you, your personality. Yeah, you know, you find someone that even though you know that man, I need therapy, and I went to this person, and man, I just they made you know, me feel worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. What I, I like to tell people: your therapist works for you, and and they are in a you know in an effort to bring healing to you and so if if it's contrary to to you know your healing journey you can find a new a new provider a new therapist and that's okay um but don't leave just because you don't like what they told you because it may be true right (laughs) um sometimes we don't like the truth um but it's important that we hear it and so um so just find find somebody uh do it and if you know anybody that is going through anything um, let them know that it's okay. Yes. Yep. Nobody asked them to be perfect. Right. Right. Thank you guys so much. This has been awesome. Um, Thank you. And, and we really appreciate y'all's time and uh, our prayers that this helps somebody that might be struggling with mental health themselves yes. or maybe even struggles to understand mental health. But we're going to put those links in the notes of this podcast. So we'll have resources for you to go and maybe get yourself informed about trauma processes and understanding and, and sympathizing, but then also uh, links to be able to find somebody to seek out help yourself and uh, and do that, help yourself. Yeah. Uh, and once you know to do better, do better. Yeah. Right. Yep. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us in the Vessel Church podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and also check us out on our Instagram at VesselChurchBR. And then make sure to check us out also on our website at VesselChurchBR.com. Again, thank you for joining us and always be a vessel.